your own happiness is going to bleed into every single relationship that you encounter. So it's like, it starts with selfish, (laughs) but actually it's so fulfilling to every person that you interact with that I would just like argue if that's the route that you have to go. If you have to say like, my happiness is going to positively affect every life that I come in contact with and go that route. I don't care. Like, Seriously, thank you. Because ultimately, thank you. Thank you for improving the world by yeah. just being yourself and accepting <laughs> who you are. Thank you for that. The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and fad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers to how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. I'm Kelsey. Oh, my God. I thought I was going to ruin that intro because did you hear my stomach? <laughs> no. Is oh your stomach God. so loud? The, the minute you started, it was like, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Start over. My stomach is getting its podcast debut. <laughs> I can eat lunch. Are you just digesting this? I don't know what that was about. (laughs) That was strange. Between that and my son in the room downstairs not napping during today's podcast, I think it should be a noisy one from my end. (laughs) You know, I'm always like – it's one of those things where you just notice about children where you're like, I'd love an afternoon nap. Like, why is he not taking advantage of this? Wouldn't you know, I love to be put down for an afternoon rest? <laughs> oh, and like the way that the king, my king, my king of my house is put down to, it is a dark room with a sound machine set at a balmy 68 degrees. And I'm telling you, the conditions in there are so ripe for a nap. It's like I go in there and I'm like, oh, I just wish I could. I'm saying they're so right for like a sound sleep. I genuinely like when like on Saturday I went in there and when he was like going to bed, I was laying on the thing you have on the ground and I was like, maybe I'll just stay here. (laughs) I'm not even in his luxurious bed. I'm on this like thing that's on the ground, but it's just so lovely in here. It's, the sounds and the music, I like <laughs> so relaxing in there, but like still, I can hear yeah, <laughs> and like kicking the walls and like so. Well, sometimes you just gotta hee haw it, <laughs> hee haw the walls. He always yells out, "All right, come on, partner!" Because he's got all his Toy Story guys in there, and yeah. I don't know what they're doing, but I'm just gonna ignore it and hope we can get through our. You know, our time today. we're authentic and I feel as if we pride ourselves in that. So if a hee-haw comes in the middle of the podcast, you guys just roll with it, okay? Because we have a really cool topic no matter what. <laughs> meanwhile, you have like the most silent environment because you just got rid of your squeaky chairs. Yes. 
I Congratulations. do. I'm so excited. And these have like these nice backs. I'm I'm a lap of luxury with these new chairs for real. And I built them myself, so there's a sense of pride in there. <laughs> I mean, you, I didn't oversell the wood. Yeah. <laughs> we're not putting them together. But- no, we're not. <laughs> If they want to, if they want to sponsor us and send you some more chairs, I yeah. you could use two more, right? I could, yeah. Shout oh out God. to you, Overstock. Do the <laughs> do the right thing. Do the right thing. <laughs> Loving your chairs. So we do have a really awesome podcast. I'm super excited to talk to you guys about today because I think this is a, something that affects women, especially on a day to day basis, and it's something that you can notice about yourself today. And kind of start to make some adjustments. I heard a TED Talk on this and I did some of the exercises that were suggested. And I it was eye-opening to me because like there's a certain way that I think about myself and like the certain story that I tell about myself. And when I did some of these exercises to like really de- like dive deeper into that, it was so eye-opening that like – so much of who I think I am is just what I'm telling myself I am. Mm -hmm. And really, I like back that up all day with my little anecdotal things that I say or do or like my back talk in my mind. And just pulling out some of those words was really eye-opening to me to be like, wow, um, is this really who I am or is this like the story Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I've set up? Today, we're talking about self-image. Yeah. And there's two things you kind of just said there. It's like the story that you build and set up, and then there's always the the confirmation bias that your brain does in there, right? Like we've talked about that that a little bit on a previous episode, but if you start to think something, which is immediately like the story that you tell yourself, then once you hear that story, your brain looks for confirmation for the story that you told yourself. So initially you say the thing and then your brain says, oh, this must be true. So I'm going to look for confirmation for that thing in daily tasks. And it's designed to look for that confirmation. Not only that though, but it's designed to block out things that contradict that. Yeah. Which is wicked powerful too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because even if you told the story and then you've had a couple things that say like, well, that's not exactly true because here are the things. Now, this is just a small example, but (laughs) this happens with, I think you guys kind of know, Isley is my training partner and she'll often say some things about her fitness that she's brought up from like a story that she told herself long ago. And then I'll like counteract that with like, actual like true things that have happened like over and over like something something as simple as like well my muscle ups aren't very good and I'm like you just did like last week 10 unbroken muscle ups so like my facts actually are not supporting the story that you've told yourself a long time ago and that you've confirmed over and over because I see these other things and you're like and she's always like oh well yeah I guess I guess that's true, but some, when it's yourself, a lot of time you don't notice or, or like accept that, even if it's like super concrete like that. I think that 
we all know the benefits when it comes to a positive self-image and we know like how powerful it can be. One of the memes that always reminds me of how powerful self-image is, is that little cat that's staring into the mirror. It's like a little tiny kitten. And what's looking back at them in the mirror is like a big giant lion. Mm -hmm. And that always just speaks to me about the power the power of a self-image and how life-changing it can be because you really are only who you see yourself as. That's yeah. the only real fact that is true is how you see yourself. I'm telling you, I've used that image so many times and people have repeated it back to me, especially because like, I think sometimes that I am a giant like I am just like I'm feeling the room. Like I'm just so strong and huge and like rawr. And then either like I'll I'll like you know say like yeah I'm I'm about as big as her. <laughs> It'll be like I'll be like you know like twenty five pounds off. <laughs> and it'll be like, no, Kelsey, like, like you and, you know, this like CrossFit Games athlete or something like you guys are not the same size. And I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? Can you check that again? <laughs> but that really does speak to how, how powerful that can be. And I think that when we talk to women and an everyday basis. And it doesn't really matter what background or culture or status that she's coming from. I think if you ask 10 out of 10 women, do you feel you've achieved a positive self-image? I think that the responses back are, can be really heartbreaking, honestly, because I just, I think that it's something that so many women struggle with and they know that they struggle with it, but there's a, a sort of disconnect as to where to go about starting to change that and also what that would mean for their self-image if they started to change that, what that would mean for their story. And one of the exercises that was suggested on a TED Talk that I was watching about this was... Um, that the first thing that you need to do when you're starting your journey on building a more positive self-image is to really get a better insight as to who you think you are. And not just like going back to your story of like, I'm not very good at muscle-ups, but all the evidence proves that's not true. We, You want to actually get adjectives that you use to describe yourself every single day. So Take one day. I did this and it was very eye-opening. Take one day and go around with like a pad and paper or like your notes on your phone. And I want you to write down all of the words that you use to describe yourself throughout the day. So they can be things that you're saying out loud or things that you're saying in your own head. So for an example, a couple examples we'll throw out there. You're in a work meeting and you say something like, oh, you guys, I'm sorry. Can we just, I'm so anal. I'm so neurotic. Can we just go over that one more time? You would write down the words anal and neurotic. That's the two words that you just use to describe yourself in that sentence. I wrote this one down because this was me. I did this mm -hmm. one actually. I heard you say this. Yeah. I was at the playground and it was way sunnier and hotter than I thought it was going to be. And I didn't bring any sunscreen. So I saw a mom like putting sunscreen on her kid and I walked up to her and I said, oh my gosh, do you, have, can I, do you mind if I just take like a little bit of that? I'm such a hot mess express and I forget everything in that 
instance, I would write down the words, I'm a hot mess express. <laughs> That's how I just described myself to another person that doesn't even know me. This can be talking to your spouse, you know, saying, oh, I was, was going to stop for groceries, but day was crazy. I'm such an idiot. I totally forgot to stop for supper. And even to your friends, this is one of the things that I think we see a lot in our Facebook group is the way people actually type about themselves, like using words to describe themselves to online friends. I signed up for the 5K and I'm probably, I'm probably going to go so slow and embarrass myself because I'm so fat, but I have to find a way to motivate this lazy ass. Those words, just have a list of them. It's ongoing throughout just one day. And take a look at the words that you use to describe yourself that day and then just like really sit with that and just think about it. It doesn't have to be like, oh my God, I'm now I have to like hate myself because I use hateful words to describe myself. It's just, it's just to open your eyes at how you are describing yourself every day to get a better idea of where to start when you want to make changes to that. Yeah. I love this activity because it's really – it can be really powerful in a way that you are just individually getting feedback from yourself. And that's kind of an interesting thing because we're not even asking like other people for feedback. We're like just noticing something about ourselves and giving ourselves some feedback and then we're like, okay, self, let's think about this. And something that I've noticed doing this activity with myself, there is a huge discrepancy in the story that I tell myself basic, like based on what I'm talking about, what area of my life. And that was an interesting part for me because I found some areas of my life, my self-image was really good. It was really positive. And then I found in some areas of my life, there was a massive drop off. It was like this, it was just this like landslide of like, you are not good at relationships. You are not able to sustain this. And it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) In some areas, it's like you are committed and you are driven and you are loyal and all of these. And then in some areas, there was this other like massive drop off. And I just thought that was an interesting um, reflection for me to see the differences in some of the areas and how like if you are developing if you are working on your self-image, noticing that there will be areas that will rise a little bit faster than other ones. And some of them will just take a little bit more work. Totally. I think that's such a good thing because it's like, it's not, it's such a good thing to point out because positive self-image is not an all or nothing. It's not across I mean, nothing the board. Is, yeah. Right? <laughs> no, it's never like 100% or 0%. It's not like I have it or I don't. It's like you might find certain areas of your life where you really do feel it and then others that you don't. And it's, that is such an important thing point to point out. I'm so glad you did. The other thing that I want to point out that I think is especially, especially important for women to hear is that humility and self-deprecation are two different things, guys. Two different things. Because one of the most common things that I hear when we talk about building a positive self-image and starting to build ourselves up from women is that, well, I don't want people to think I'm cocky. I want people to or think that I'm, I'm not humble. I want people to think I'm humble because I I feel like through, you know, all of the things that we have been raised with and learned as women in society is that humility 
is one of our most likable characteristics. And many, many women put it on the very, very top of their list of things that you need to do to be likable Mm. in society. Mm-hmm. You need to be humble. This is reinforced. Like I can remember a specific instance where this was reinforced for me personally that like sent me in another direction that I've like later thought back on in life and been like, no, that was, you know, at the time how I reacted, that would be not how I would today. Like I was in a situation where I, I had named one of my accomplishments and they were, it was an athletic accomplishment to someone who was a coworker of mine. And he said back to me like, wow, humble much. And I stated a fact, like <laughs> I, would, I like I stated a fact that I was very proud of. And his response to me was that I that I should be more humble about my accomplishment. And like at the time I was like, hmm, maybe I should. I went into this like, like, oh, well, I should downplay my accomplishments. And later thinking back on that, it's like, no, absolutely not. And I've gone in the other direction to like say to women, like yell your accomplishments from the rooftops and I will be the first to clap for you because I never want you to feel that way. Well, I just think that when people can separate the idea of humility and self-deprecation, then then they can really start making progress because you don't appear humble to others by tearing yourself down. That's not actually what humility is. So what we try sort of to do, our attempts at appearing humble, are also attempts at ruining our self-image. We're like taking chips out of ourself, like cracking ourselves to make ourselves seem likable or humble and slowly, in the meantime, slowly crumbling the foundation of everything that we stand on, all of our self-worth. And this is in a means to be likable. If at the playground, I say to this mom, oh man, I'm such a hotness express. I'm like such an idiot. Like, can you, can I just, then that was my attempt at coming off as likable to her so Mm -hmm. that she wouldn't be so put off by me asking her for something. But in essence, what I did right there was tear myself down at the expense of seeming likable to someone else. And that's where we get really harmful. And that's where we need to like make the separation. You can be humble without tearing yourself down in the process. A hundred percent. And really it's women especially will be willing to tear themselves down to remain likable or to achieve likability by others. It's it's an amazing thing because we'll immediately put ourselves down to achieve this thing that ultimately does not matter and fulfill our lives. I've never met that woman again. I've never seen her since. No. Why was I willing to crack my own foundation to seem likable to a person who I'll never, ever meet again? That was a weird decision by me. But that thing that I said will continue to work against my positive self-image. And every single time I try to think to myself, you know, I, I'm, I'm really proud of myself for being organized or something today. I'm just going to go back to, but I'm really a hot mess express because I have, I'm setting this up to tell myself this story and my brain. Okay. So I want to also just sit on this while I'm thinking of it is the, I'm just joking people. Yeah. I hear you. 
I hear you from inside the microphone right now yep. going, <laughs> but I'm joking. I'm joking. I don't really think I'm a hot mess express. I was just joking to her to like make her laugh. Here's the thing. I hear this all the time. Stop making jokes at your own expense, okay? Because whether or not you know it, your brain is incredibly literal. It doesn't understand your attempts at humor in this way. It only takes things literally. When you say I'm a hot mess express and you think to yourself, I'm joking, I'm not really, your brain is taking that phrase, filing it as who you are, and referring back to it when you think about yourself. That's it. It it doesn't know how to distinguish the jokes. And I really want to, you know, just I just want to hit on the importance, I think, of not making jokes at your own expense that are going to later be cracks in your foundation, because um, honestly, they're not that funny. Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm -mm. (laughs) And I think that the people who you're hoping are thinking that they're funny at your own expense, the ones that you actually want in your corner don't want cracks in your foundation. They're not willing and ready to laugh at how stupid or how unprepared or how much of a hot mess you are. They don't want that for you because that's not how they see you and that's not how they want you to see yourself. So I always like caution against that because when I've had people that are close to me say some of those things, I'm like, well, that's not true. I'm like, I'm not sitting there laughing. Like, I think that's not true. <laughs> like, if you, like if Rachel said to me, like, I'm just such a hot mess. I'm like, actually you have. And I've been like, no, you're not. Like, that's not even true. Like you do all of these things. And then I try and get my <laughs> list of, of reasons why you're not, because that's immediately where I go to. Like, I will prove you wrong and here's how. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I do, I do think a lot of women will say like, oh, I'm just kidding. And the other The second justification for some of those behaviors or some of those ways that we talk about ourselves is that you're outsourcing your self-image. So you are looking for other people to validate or to tell you what to think of yourself. And they are ultimately determining what your self-image is. And that is a very dangerous game. And I think that... This has become so common, not only with other people, but with like cultural and social norms that you are told who you have to be and the pressure of who you have been predetermined to be will, you're constantly trying to meet those expectations that are not even yours. But they're false. And they're false. So you're like living in this false life. And like you said, like the pressures of living in in a fictitious life every day is so – that is soul crushing. And I really, really, really – like you said, this is one of the most dangerous things that you can do for your self-image is outsourcing it. I was thinking of like how to give this as an example and I thought of the perfect one because I've totally done this before. Mm. I've had a boss – who described me as like, oh, you're so selfless. You're so helpful. You'll just do anything. You'll come in whenever we call. Like you are just the most selfless employee we have. It's so nice to have you. That was meant, of course, as a compliment. But (laughs) those words really hit me. And then like my people pleaser part came out where I was like, okay, now I have to continue to reinforce that I am those things that he said. 
So every single time they called me to come in because someone didn't show up for their shift, I would come in, even if it was wrecking my personal life. I would stay late. I would come in early. I would work on the weekends. I would stay late and I would have already clocked out and it wasn't even getting paid for the time. And all of a sudden, I realized that I was being manipulated into being this person that I really wasn't comfortable being by like one sentence that was meant to be a compliment. I outsourced who I was and I said, now I have to be who that person thinks I am. And all of a sudden, I started living an incredibly unhappy existence trying to reach that. And it was so bizarre and strange that that could happen just off of one little, like a passing by comment. It was like a passing by comment where something that was like something you valued at the time. Oh, I am so selfless. Oh, that's really nice. I would like to be that. And now I will, now I will become that because that's something that I, that I really want to and ignore all of my natural urges that set boundaries and that lead to a happy life for me personally, because this idea that someone else, you know, saw in me is now going to become all encompassing and I will become that. And I could be happy being that too, right? Like, no, wrong. No. And this is how I, I totally, when we were talking about this, I totally understood that too, because it's just happened in so many areas where I'm like, no, I could, I could be that. And I could be happy being that. No, because that's not actually me. And that's not living my truth. And that's continuing to set expectations for myself that I'm going to keep sitting in my rat race, trying to reach and not, and not ever really getting there. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that outsourcing your own self-image creates is resentment. You end up resenting whoever the person is that you're outsourcing it to. In that case, like my boss, I ended up hating him because he was the source in my mind for all of this missed time with my family because I was at work and getting taken advantage of at work. Whatever person you're outsourcing it to will end up being the source of resentment for you. So it's not good for you. It's not good for your relationship with that person. It's a self-image destroyer. The real way to start building yourself is to be true about who you are and really have that come from within. Who you want to be to come yeah. from within too, not those outside images. I feel like we see this on social media a lot because you, if you're unsure of who you are or your personality or what you want, you know, you kind of are drawn to personalities that you like. And then you want to try and like imitate those or try and do the things that that person is doing and really like take on that when it's like, you are never going to be that person. No matter how many classes you take of them, no matter how many, how many, whatever, no matter how many self-help books you read from them, you're never going to be them. That is not your personality. And, and the world is going to miss out on yours and all of the greatness that you have to bring that nobody else on the planet can because you're so busy trying to be another person or trying to reach those those attributes that another person has decided is part of their personality. Like you have to decide what is what is personally coming from you and what is come from the world. And that's going to feel so true and so right 
that all of those feelings of being sort of a faker will all sort of dissipate because you will really, really be living in your truth. And that comes so much with the self-image that you create being positive, right? We know where there are some cracks and where those, you know, we can chip away at this, but how do we go about building a stronger foundation to having a more positive self-image and being really, truly happy in living our truth? One of the things that I want to just start out with is the fact that I really think we need to make sure everyone understands that self-acceptance doesn't mean that you are flawless. You don't have to wait until you fixed that's an air bunnies. <laughs> yeah. Fixed all of the bad qualities that you have also in air bunnies. You before you start accepting yourself, right? You can accept yourself with bad qualities. You can even accept yourself while you are trying to work on some of the qualities that you want to improve about yourself. It doesn't have to be an, a be-all, end-all. You can be flawless and human and also have a positive self-image at the same time. Mm, I love that. I love that the accepting of your qualities that – and I hate like bad, like less desirable because we know we all personally have qualities and are not necessarily bad about ourselves but that are less desirable and that we would like to improve upon. And I think there's a massive difference from saying, well, that's just the way that I am and that's something that's true and that's a behavior I'm working on. Like I think those are two very different ways to look at something because, you know, I've heard this with women a lot is – when something comes down to, or not even just with women, but humans in general, to something that they really have been pointed out to them or that they point out about themselves and they really don't like, but well, that's just the way that I am. Okay. So is that number one? Like if you go that route, is that the way you're going to be for the rest of your life and you're going to die with that same quality? Or is there an acceptance and that is a part of your personality right now in something that you're working on to improve? I think that the idea that you need to wait until you've reached the pinnacle of all of your improvements in yourself to finally accept yourself, I mean, you're going to be waiting forever. <laughs> you're going to be waiting forever. And they're all moving at different paces. Like it's li like all of them in your different areas of your life are moving at very different paces. So like if positive body image is something that you are personally working on, that doesn't, number one, that doesn't mean every day you're going to look in the mirror and love your body. That is not what that means. Every day is never going to be a thing. You don't wake up happy every day. You don't wake up <laughs> with the positive self-image every day. It's, it's just not the thing. There is steps that we work on self-loathing and refusing to look in the mirror or refusing to be naked or things along those lines. And then there is acceptance of like, this is my vessel and this is the body that's carried me through this life. And I, at the very least, have respect for it. And I can look at it and we're in this together. There's a scale there. Yeah. And one of the ways to speed up the process of working on some of the things that you consider less desirable is 
self-acceptance. It's kind of funny how that works. But once you accept yourself, you can really speed up the process because you aren't working, fighting two battles at once, one with your own self-image and who you are, and then one against all of the things that are less desirable qualities that you want to work on. Like, let's accept ourselves first and, and all of our humanness and then we can begin to tackle the things that make us human and work on maximizing them so we can be our happiest self. Because that's really the whole point of self-improvement is just for your own happiness. It's very selfish. Yeah. Very, very selfish. <laughs> yeah, but your own happiness is going to bleed into every single relationship that you encounter. So it's like it starts with selfish, <laughs> but actually it's so fulfilling to every person that you interact with that I would just like argue if that's the route that you have to go, if you have to say like my happiness is going to positively affect every life that I come in contact with, then go that route. I don't care. <laughs> Like, Seriously, thank you. ultimately, thank you. Thank you for improving the world by yeah. just being yourself and accepting <laughs> who you are. Thank you 100%. for that. Our second one is throw compliments like confetti. And I resonate with this one because I think that you, I, people probably know this about me, <laughs> but it's one of the things that had kind of in a natural sense started with me in a more self-acceptance way was that I would start throwing compliments to other people in a way that that would secondhand bring me joy, right? So that was something like easy that I could do because I was invested in focusing on people around me. But in turn, it created this feeling of I am a good person. I bring good things to other people's lives. And compliments are normal and natural and they should be said all the time. And we need to, and I can be a part of just spreading that. Well, here's another funny thing about the human brain. When you're complimenting someone else, it doesn't know that. It just hears the words that you're saying and takes them literally. So one of the best exercises that I love is to compliment people on the things that I personally am working on. <laughs> so when I say to people, wow, you are being incredibly consistent and you are working so hard. Your perseverance is absolutely inspiring. My brain hears perseverance inspiration, hard work. And I am taking all of those things in. And the more that I say them, the more my brain is believing them. And I am absorbing those things into my own life and my own self-image just by saying them out loud to another person. Now, we know, obviously, what the tremendous benefits are for the other person to hear those kind of compliments, of course. But we often undervalue what your brain gains by giving them. Just so you know, all of the words that you're saying, your brain is storing in your own self-image as well. So throw those compliments like confetti, like everywhere you can. Find something that someone is doing that you admire and say it out loud because it is going to be absorbed into your self-image at the same time. It's like a tufa. You know it's what? A, it's saying? a two like It's buy one, one get one. It's Bobo. <laughs> I love that so much too because I hear so many women that say like, "Well, I was 
scared or embarrassed or whatever to throw out their first compliment. And, and the other thing is, is a lot of people at first don't know how to take a compliment. And there's no right, wrong, right or wrong way to take a compliment. There really isn't. Like, you know, if someone's stank face, is that the, <laughs> that's usually what I do when someone compliments me, I give them the stank face. What? <laughs> Especially if there's something smelly in this room. <laughs> it's not something you're used to saying about yourself or used to hearing about yourself. The first time it's kind of said to you, you're like, huh? They're <laughs> talking to me. <laughs> but at the same time, like it can be just such a ripple effect that like I can't help but like step back and think about, I mean, in every challenge calendar that I've been a part of, one of the days has always been give a compliment to another person. Sometimes it's been a stranger, sometimes it's been a person in the group, whatever. But it's always been a task because that shit is contagious and will just keep going. So yes, just do it. It's like the when someone pays for your stuff at Starbucks and then it just like keeps going and keeps going. I really want to hit on this last one because I think it's very important that we all make sure that we create strong boundaries in our life. And this is, I think, the foundation where your self-image can really grow is when you create those boundaries, like we said with, you know, outsourcing your self-image, creating clear boundaries of I know who I am and this is what I allow into my life, that really gives you the reins and all of a sudden everything seems possible. And when you don't have the reins because the boundaries are very murky or you're not really sure who you are and therefore you're not sure what you allow in your life, that is where you really can get into some dangerous waters with self-image because, um, again, people can come in and sort of trample a very already rocky foundation. It blows over in a stiff wind. But if we can really create those boundaries and the walls are very clear, I think that is a really good first step into making sure that you have a strong and positive self-image that you can build off of. Yeah. I really love talking about boundaries because I really think they're very important. But I also think that boundaries, even if you are a person who thinks you have strong boundaries, with people that are close to you, close to you, you'll need to continue to reinforce them. And that can be a really challenging thing. Like that can be, especially when you have new people that come into your life and they start to introduce some new ideas or push your boundaries. And then you have to kind of reinforce them. That can be a really testing time for you personally, for what you will allow in your life. And where you're going to set that. And if you're if someone is continuously crossing your boundaries, what is it that you're going to do about that? Right? Like what is your next steps? And that can be, that can be pretty challenging. But if your boundaries remain the same, it doesn't actually matter what the other person is doing because you just consistently reinforce where your boundary is. You know what was really funny with that situation with that boss? I had to like correct that and I did need to continue working there after I corrected the situation. And really all I did was at the time I was young and so I had to, I knew I had to correct this, but I had to like figure out some kind of non-confrontational way to do it. 
And so I just said, I can't take on any extra shifts because I have too much schoolwork. And I said, I want to be taken off of the do not like I'm on the do not call list. Like you can't call me. I'm 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 going to. And I thought it was going to be like the end of the world. Like CVS pharmacy would not open on a Tuesday <laughs> because I wasn't on the call. Actually, I realized everything functioned completely fine. Hmm. It was didn't all even good. matter. <laughs> My life was no longer being ruined, but it all didn't come crumbling down. All the CVSs across the nation worldwide did not close. Like I just set a boundary. Everyone actually very much respected it. And then I could go on with a happier life. And it wasn't taking away from anyone else. So I just think that sometimes we think setting the boundary will be hard initially, and that's why we avoid it. But actually, once it's once the work is done, it really is life-changing. So if you are thinking about – first of all, you have to do this exercise. You have to write down all of the things that you're saying throughout your day about yourself, positive or negative, doesn't matter either way. And then take a long, hard look at that list and start to open up a conversation about your self-image and who you portray, portray yourself as every single day through your words and through, you know, what's going – the talk that's going on in your head. And really think about what those words are potentially doing to your happiness, to your ability to thrive. Yeah. And whether your self-image is based on your internal decision of what your self-image is or what others have projected onto you and how much of that is determined and validated and based on the opinions of other people, on the opinions, someone else's opinion of you. And that is not in the driver's seat. And if you're noticing throughout the day that those opinions are those validations from other people for outside from outside sources are really in the driver's seat, it's just a good time to say like, mm-mm, I'm in the driver's seat. Move over because the only person that's driving this car is going to be me and I am going to decide what my self-image is and it's not going to be dependent on the opinions of anyone else on the planet. So we are behind you 3,000%. You can do all of these exercises and at the same time accept who you are currently and all your human flaws. And we are right there to support you. Join our CBG Nation app. We are in there every day. And we'd love to hear how this exercise went for you and what you got from it. Now we get our Hey Girl Hey shout outs. We want to shout out Normarie Zayas. She had 400. Why are you saying, oh my God? I forgot what I was doing. <laughs> Can you please shut up and stop ruining Normarie's shout out? Normarie, you have checked in to 450 workouts. Congratulations. That's amazing. Let's go. We have Kate Hanley. She did 14-inch box jumps in her workout. Congrats, Kate. Woo. Misty Summers wanted to shout out her friend Dina Lynn for taking charge of her health and fitness. That is a good I love that. Look at she's doing what we said in the podcast. She's throwing out compliments like confetti. Love you both. 
And then we have Janine Hutchinson. She PR'd her deadlift at 205 pounds. Let's go, Janine. Oh, I love Janine. All right, you guys, if you want to get your shout out in, please get in our CVG Nation app and go to the TTSL podcast section. Let us know what is going on, what you need to shout out. If you shout out a friend, if you shout out yourself, let's get some accomplishments on here for Hey Girl Hey. We love you. Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, head over to the Facebook group and take part in our free weekly workouts for a chance to win some badass gear. Search Fitness Programming by CVG on Facebook. We're in there every day. It's a perfect place to get in touch with us. This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out ConstantlyVariedGear.com. See you next week. Crush your goals.